Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue on 3CR 855 AM. You are listening to us live. or You could be listening on digital radio. You could be listening podcast, online. So many ways. Just listen to us. My name's Heather. And I'm Erin. Welcome to the show today. We have a special guest and we're going to be following on from our conversation a couple of weeks ago about volunteering overseas. Hi, my name's Sarah. I love coming here because they offer vegan food. Hi, my name is Paul. This is my first time at Friends of the Earth. I think it's really awesome and the food's great and really healthy and nutritious. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. A tuneful experience. A 3CR supporter. So welcome to Out of the Blue. It is the 6th of May. Hope everyone's having a great day. So today we have been joined by Cheryl Lax. Welcome, Cheryl. Thanks, guys, for having me. More than welcome. Yes, welcome. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we started a bit of a conversation about uh, volunteering overseas, and we thought you'd be the perfect person to come in and tell us a little bit about what you've done. But first off, I guess, what, what is your background? Um, great question. And I love talking about this stuff. So thanks for inviting me um, to do just that. Um, so my background started, I suppose, um, back when I was in my early 20s. I um, studied uh, animal and plant biology. And while I was at university, that's actually my first stint of volunteering. But I did it here in Australia because, you know, I couldn't go too far away from home while I was studying. And it was just at the RSPCA um, in the veterinary clinic. And uh, I just went in once a week for a few hours and helped them clean the cages, feed the animals, take dogs for walks. And it was there that I kind of truly worked out that that was um, the place that, oh, you know, the kind of avenue I wanted to go down. I wanted to definitely be in the hands-on um, workplace with animals. Um, so from there, when I finished my university degree, um, I just started um, continuing on as a casual vet nurse. 
And then for the next 17, 17 years of my life, um, I was a, a full-time veterinary nurse in, in various places, emergency centers, animal shelters, and private clinics. Um, during that time, I took up scuba diving. So the marine world has always been, uh, you know, something I was interested in, but it's not until I kind of got in the water and spent the time with the animals that I could truly appreciate the animals that um, I would then be talking about when I became uh, a teacher um, at an aquarium-based institution. And uh, currently, um, I also do education, um, but now with land-based animals, mm. and um, I enjoy it a lot. So, yeah, my volunteering has kind of started from a long time ago and then progressed to, you know, to working um, paid jobs. So really, the volunteering that you started with really set the scene for a lot of your future employment and careers. It really set the foundation for your interests. It did, because I think everyone says, oh, I want to work with animals and um, I'm passionate about animals, which just FYI, I hate using that word passion. So I will avoid it during this interview as much as I can. I'm passionate. Oh, I hate that word. If I see it on someone I'm interviewing, they're out. They don't get the job. Harsh. Um, very harsh. But there are some realities about working with animals. You can be absolutely passionate about animals, but maybe working with animals may not suit you. And you found that volunteering really gave you that perspective. You thought, nope, this is for me. And that really, that helps you a lot. Yeah, it actually um, allows you to see the everyday um, details that go into looking after an animal. So, you know, the imagination of a child of sitting there patting a dog or, mm. you know, um, you know, riding a dolphin, as they say, um, is, is not actual the true reality of what you do. You know, there's a lot of cleaning and maintenance of equipment that you want to use and stocking up on stuff and just working out who's doing what for the day. So by volunteering from an early age, I still um, was able to see that that was something I wanted to do and and that allowed me to to be able to see that. Great. I think that really does define a lot of volunteering and, and potential career paths that people will see pictures of charismatic animals and often it is the charismatic animals if they're if it's um, through a larger organization and you can actually go and help save the panda or tiger or you name it. Uh, but the actual realities of working within these organizations, often with little funding and possibly in very remote areas and possibly in some hostile climates, it's a little bit different. Having said that, if you are passionate <laughs> yeah, and you do love what you do, this can really define about um, your future career path. You're really not getting a job, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I think he's already got one or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three, four. So what's your most recent volunteering experience been? Um, the most recent um, volunteering I did was uh, the end of 2015, start of 2016. I decided to take a leap of faith and um, travel all the way to a little village called Sataneja in Belize, which is in Central America, for anyone who doesn't know. And uh, I went over there to experience not only doing volunteering somewhere abroad, but to be around animals that I had actually had not much an idea about an idea about before I got there. Um, so my volunteering was you had to do a minimum of one month and the organization I volunteered at was called Wild Tracks. And they're a really amazing organization, not only because, you know, they kind of go on as many do without little to no funding, um, but they deal with three animals or they look after three different animals, the black howler monkey, the spider monkey and the Antillean um, manatee, which if you don't know what that is, it is Oh, sorry. No, I just remembered a couple of weeks ago I said dugong and Aaron's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally sure. Yeah. <laughs> Every person. Oh, and if you put it on a dating app, 
and you have a picture of yourself with a manatee, most people will guess it's a seal. Oh, uh, oh yes, really? Yes. Interesting. I had many people say cute seal. I thought they were referring to me, and, and but it was the that's gray, just the That's a no-no. Hair. Once they've put seal, it's like, that's it. They're out, swipe They're, left. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah, love it. They were not going to get a date from me. <laughs> um, so for FYI, if you want to Google it, manatee, and they do look like dugongs, or people refer to them as sea cows. And they're this big, friendly, giant animal who uh, they've worked out have are on the line of um, the elephant, so closely right. related to them because if you look at their um, flippers that they've got, they've actually got um, lines that resemble toenails. Ooh. So they look like elephant feet, but they don't use those kind of parts of their body for anything except the flippers to obviously pick up things and help them to swim. So they're an amazing animal, and those are the three that Wild Tracks look after, um, the two monkeys and the manatees. So when you go over to there, they kind of find out your background. And at the time I was working within the aquarium education sector. And so they recognized that my experience would be well suited to work with the manatee part of the sanctuary um, rather than the monkeys. Although I did get time to spend with the monkeys as well. So I was there for one month. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, lots of information I can tell you about the day-to-day runnings you it. of well, such a place. Yeah. Just before we get into that, because that is absolutely fascinating. I mean, how the, the day-to-day of actually caring for humanity is something I want to know. But let's take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, when you actually came prior to actually heading over to police, what sort of research did you put into to make sure that Wild Tracks was an organization that you wanted to volunteer for? And what were the other alternatives and what, what was going on in your mind? Yeah, a really good question because I get asked that by students um, in high school who want to do work experience um, and volunteering. They always ask, which places should we go and volunteer at? And as an adult, I think the same, you know, am I just going to spend all this money for a flight um, and, you know, and to pay to go to a volunteer organization that I don't know a lot about and if it's a legit company and so forth. So um, I guess for this particular situation, uh, it was... um, sent over to me on an email via a work colleague who had done volunteer work at this organization. And she wasn't actually asking people to volunteer. She was actually asking for people to donate money to them because um, she had worked there and realized what a great place it was and and how the money could really help them continue on with the work that they're doing. Um, So I went, oh, you know what? Maybe I will donate. I'll click on the link and see what it was all about. And um, I'm not going to lie, Erin, I did initially get enticed by the the young man who was um, <laughs> helping to look after the manatee in the photo so that they the used. Did, did we forget to tell Cheryl this isn't a Sex and the Sea show? Yeah. Isn't it? We've done lots of those, but different topic. <laughs> that wasn't slated for today's show. Um, so we'll move on from that. But it was my initial excitement to see that lovely photo on the screen. But no, seriously, I then uh, looked on and saw the work that they had done and um, some of the bios and blogs that were written about the place. Um, and uh, I guess that kind of convinced me. The other thing that I look for in a volunteer organization is that they're not kind of asking for thousands and thousands of dollars from yes, you to be yes. able to volunteer there. That's always been a point of contention for myself. There are lots of organizations and travel organizations that will put up a picture of a panda or a charismatic animal. And uh, you can go volunteer with this particular animal for two weeks and it only costs you, let's say, four and a half thousand dollars. Right. And I... I very much question whether a lot of those fundings are going towards that organization if you are approaching a travel organization. I mean, all these things are independent, so do your research. 
but sounds like you you're onto a winner there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they say on the website that the money is going towards, and it was a very limited amount that I had to pay to go there. And the money is basically the upkeep for you to be at the organisation. Sure, sure. So it's your, you know, cost of your bedding and your food and you to get to town and back, um, and and those sorts of things. And then anything left over will go back towards the organisation. And I could see as soon as I walked in the door of this place that they didn't have an abundance of money that was, you know, just flying around it was you know they lived week to week yes sometimes there wasn't enough money for them to buy fruit for the animals so they would try to ask people for donations so you knew the money was going to the right place um, and that's what I looked for and what I why I chose to go to this particular organization the other thing that's interesting about volunteering um, and I know this via my time spent in Thailand um, and seeing different people go off to let's say the elephant sanctuaries yes and you could see the difference between a legit place where where, um, you know, the um, the money was exactly going back to um, straight to the animals and to the running of the place, and they weren't exploiting the animals as well. That's another that big thing. That could also be a hurdle. Yeah. So, f- for instance, Elephant Nature Park in Thailand, which I know a lot of people have heard about near Chiang Mai, um, there was no riding of the elephants. You weren't doing anything that was out of their normal behavior. Um, you were ba- bathing them, you know, in the water they were already in and feeding them fruit that they would have been receiving anyway. So it was not exploiting them and and um, respecting and caring for the animals as they should be. And I think sometimes places, organizations forget that. So it's a good idea to see how they interact with the animals um, and the kind of money they're asking from you before you go ahead and and book yourself in. And I don't believe it's necessary to exploit an animal or offer tourists those happy snaps to actually care for these animals to bring in funding. There is a whole variety of people out there who are willing to respect the animal's needs and their natural state and actually donate their time and money. Exactly right. We might go to a quick song and then after the song we might ask you a little bit about what did the day-to-day volunteering, I guess, involve. Mm. Well, welcome back to Out of the Blue. That was obviously Working Class Man. Some great Jimmy Barnes and Cold Chisel there. So we're talking to Cheryl today about uh, volunteering overseas and her volunteering in Central America. And we we know a little bit about why you chose the organisation, but I guess what did your day-to-day actually involve? What did you do? Uh, I didn't know until I got there what I was actually going to be doing. I had no idea. Love I love a good mystery trip. I, yep. I love a mystery trip as well. I, I literally jumped on the plane and then 40-something hours later after a few plane rides and a boat, um, where they did steal my money, by the way, uh, I finally arrived at um, this little organization I was going to be working at um, after a bumpy truck ride um, to get down the street to this particular place. And uh, I walked in the door and I just started getting introduced to all these people and um, had lunch with everyone and then they kind of went through the bits and bobs of it then and after a few days I'd kind of been assigned my role of working within the manatee team Um, so their days are very long Um, the days start at 6am you wake up um, however they do have chooks there that don't know what time it is and so sometimes you'd wake up at 2, 3am depending on when they decided to make their noises um, so yeah, that was always interesting, but 6am was the official start, um, and you'd get up and we'd always have to go and, um, get some sort of formula or something from a fridge or medicine from a fridge, take it to, um, our 
preparation area and both teams monkey and manatee would be working in the same kitchen so they'd be on their side the monkey people chopping up various fruits um, and then we'd be on our side preparing formulas um, for bottle feeding Um, they also got fed uh, not only bottle fed food but um, fresh grasses and banana leaves so we'd have to go and pick that as well first thing in the morning and they would have multiple feeds during the day so you do your first one um, and then you would do kind of um, you know main maintenance, upkeep, enrichment type um, jobs during the day. And then you come back to do another feed. You might have your your breakfast, your lunch, and then you just continue on that throughout the day. And we usually didn't finish until 5 or 6 p.m. So big days. Big days, and that's seven days a week. Woo, fun times. Seven days a week. Um, they allowed you to have four days of that month as uh, kind of like your leave from the place. But to be honest, most people didn't even take it. Um, they just loved what they were doing so much and wanted to make the most out of the opportunity that uh, you kind of didn't want to leave. Yeah, so because they were so focused on what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only time I kind of needed a break, and I will admit I did take two days break and go off to an island, is when the mosquito bites got too much. Oh, wow. Yeah, so just to point, to paint a picture of the place I was volunteering at, uh, it was near a lagoon, so it's a fishing village, Sataneha. It's the biggest um, fishing village in, in Belize. Um, but the other part or the other side of it away from the water is kind of like a tropical rainforest. So if I wasn't helping with the manatees and getting food and stuff ready, I was literally whacking my body from head to toe all day long from the mosquitoes that were biting me. Because you're not allowed to use any sort of repellents, you're in the water with the animals I just had to kind of suck it up and then just take antihistamines and um, put ointments on at night um, to help to relieve some of the biting Um, and Erin believe it or not it wasn't just mosquitoes that were there Uh, there were big doctor flies that would bite you a couple people got uh, bitten by scorpions there were snakes. But but the website didn't show attractive men being attacked by these animals. <laughs> no, they, the they didn't. They oh, didn't. Interesting. It would have made it even more the interesting if that photo would have been up on the website. Um, but, but I think this is a great example of the realities of actually working with some animals. Now, I, I've, I've actually worked with animals uh, in Bolivia and very similar. We weren't allowed to use any insect repellent. Now... When I first approached this organization, uh, there were big cats of pumas and howler monkeys, and, and fantastic. The work was really rewarding. But the reality is, where I was in the Amazon, everything wanted to eat you. Yes. Everything. Yes. There was. I remember one particular day where uh, I just thought, right, I've got a cold, so I'm congested. Mm-hmm. I've got, I would say, thousands of bites all over my body. And that particular day, I'd been bitten by the doctor fly, so one of my legs was swollen up like a balloon. And I thought do I still want to do this? Yeah. Was it still worth it? Was it still worth it? And then I looked down at the pool with one of our injured manatees and went, yep, I'm yep. jumping in. Yeah. Plus the water will soothe my wounds. Okay. Um, so uh, you know what? Even though you're kind of pushed to the brink um, and there's times you think, oh, you know, can I continue on? You do it because you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the most important thing that people need to get out of volunteering. It's not because... Um, you just want to have the best time of your life, you know, patting an animal, as we talked about earlier. It's because you want to give back and, and help the animals, the animals that you're there to help. Fantastic. Yeah. And do you believe your contribution as a, as a, as a uh, volunteer and a tourist and someone who's really um, invested in these animals, that really helped the organisation? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, you could tell pretty much straight away the people that were there for the right reasons or not, because they would last the distance. Ah. And the others may have left a few days to weeks earlier. Um, So you knew they were kind of there just to lie around in the sun, occasionally pat an animal and then kind of just chill and do the rest of their thing. Whereas the people, which was the majority of people who were there, for the right reasons, were you know, sweating it out and they were staying back after that 12-hour day to do more work. They were kind of going above and beyond. And um, and I think that was really appreciated by the people who have, you know, brought this organisation to where it is, Wild Tracks. Um, they're a really dedicated team and they kind of expect people to be like that as well if you're kind of signing up and, and that makes that makes sense to me. So it sounds like the experience was not only enriching because of the animal experience but also because of the people and culture. As with most volunteering overseas, you're going to gain so much even if it is as tough as you mentioned. Yeah, the the culture is good that you mentioned that because I hadn't spent a lot of time in South or Central America previous to that. Um, but lucky for me, I was in Belize um, and Belize, they do speak a lot of English. Um, however, I did try to learn um, some Spanish while I was there to help me out. Um, but it was a really amazing to see the way the people live there um, mm. and how they live amongst these animals that we were helping too. Yes. So one of the biggest, I think... Um, uh, aspects of Wild Tracks is the fact that they do a lot of education outreach. Um, and I and I, I was actually lucky enough to be part of that. They would have tour groups from not only local community people, but also people visiting Belize on the big boats that would come in. And unfortunately, those boats are actually the reason why they have manatees in that rehabilitation centre in the first place, because right. they come to the surface to breathe yes. and they unfortunately get hit by boats that they don't see coming. Um, so it's those same people that they're trying to educate on how to be safe Uh, while they're moving through the water and look out for these animals so they don't injure them. And just talking to the local community, because it was such a big fishing village, um, they wanted to ensure that they were kind of being a bit more sustainable with their practices. And so by doing this outreach, um, I think that also, it was really nice to see how the people kind of, once they understood what was going on, how they would kind of go and do an action um, and think more about it. So yeah, that, that was a really nice to see. Absolutely. Fantastic. And and community outreach is where we really need to move forward if we want the future of these animals to be sustainable because there are, as you say, a lot of little communities that have just been doing their thing for a long time. We need to change their ways. Not change their ways, but we really need to educate about how they can uh, perform their daily tasks in a more sustainable way. Yeah. And I think until people hear it and understand it, um, it's not that they don't care and they don't want to do anything they just haven't been informed on what is actually going on and once yes. they are you'll see people are like oh i didn't realize that oh i'm going to make a difference and they see the animal and then they truly respect what's going on um, and that's why i think volunteering is uh is such a great way to actually understand things properly you know you're there amongst it all um and uh and that's why i encourage everyone to do it if they can not even if you want to just be working in the animal industry but you know it's our planet we share it with lots of other um or millions of other animals and and we need to kind of give back we need to ensure that they're all around with us as we move on into the future well said well thank you so much for joining us today cheryl i'm sure you've inspired so many people out there to go out and give some volunteering a go whether it's overseas or here in australia now cheryl i'm sure you're aware i'm sure you've already purchased your ticket but we do have our fundraising trivia night coming up in a matter of weeks and it was on the show a couple of weeks ago that i made a promise mainly because i want people to beat erin Uh, The promise was that two weeks out from the event, I would post a question on the Facebook page. Two weeks out from the event is this coming Wednesday. 
if you want a gimme, if you want an answer on the night, tune in to the Facebook page this week and I will on Wednesday post a question from the trivia night. If 30 people like this comment, I will then post a second question the following Wednesday. I can see how this is going to go. Oh, give Everyone us a prediction. Oh, I can see how this is going to go. This is when people got to buy their answers. <laughs> I don't know about don't know what this, you're about. Heather. <laughs> don't know I might have bought a few when I went last There time. will be options. Erin has specifically requested gold stars when buying a question yeah. this year. Okay. So it is going to be an amazing night. If you haven't purchased your tickets, there are still some available. So jump on the Facebook page, Out of the Blue 3CR. Follow the links to Eventbrite. You'll be able to purchase your tickets. Get yourself a team together. It's going to be an amazing night. We have so many prizes on offer from some really, really generous organisations. So hopefully you can join us then. Unfortunately, that does bring us to the end of this week's show. Once again, Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. So coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. So enjoy your Sunday. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you.